0: Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to Future Flicks. I am Billiam from SomewhatNerdy.com, and I will be your host today through this journey of all the movies coming out the week of June 24th. This week has a sequel to a movie from the 90s, a movie that was called A Mix of Valley of the Dolls and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Wiener Dogs. This is Future Flicks. Alright, let's start with some news because there was some pretty sad news today. I'm recording this on the 19th, which is Sunday, and earlier this morning it was just reported that Anton Yelchin died. He was the actor best known as Chekhov in the Star Trek reboots, and he also was in Charlie Bartlett, Alpha Dogs, Fright Night... 2016 has been a terrible year for losing actors, and this young man was killed when his car apparently rolled back and crushed him between his brick mailbox. He was only found hours, presumably hours later, by a friend who was worried because Anton never showed up. The response to this news was almost instantaneous, with John Cho, his co-star from the Star Trek movies, saying that he was in ruins over this. And Kat Dennings from Two Broke Girls saying that she's lost her best friend. I'm not going to say anything more about this. Uh, It's not really my place to because I never knew him. I'm just some nobody blogger. So I just wanted to report this just in case there's someone who hasn't heard this. And my heart goes out to all of his friends and family. This is a terrible loss. Next in the news is that the Lego Movie sequel has been pushed back to 2019, and How to Train Your Dragon 3 has slipped into the May 18th opening left by the building block blockbuster. This news is good news to some people, not good news to others. I have a friend who is the biggest How to Train Your Dragon fanboy I have ever met. While a lot of us were looking forward to the Lego Movie sequel because it was such a surprisingly great movie. And we've seen How to Train Your Dragon before. I bet you 3 is going to be great. 1 and 2 were fantastic. But I think we've been waiting for the Lego Movie 2 longer. Finally in the news... Dean Devlin, who I'll be mentioning in a bit, talked to Screen Rant about the Stargate movie reboot and his plans for a trilogy with director Roland Emmerich. Bad news is they won't be taking the same route as the, sh- as the TV show did. He's saying that even if the show was good, it wasn't their vision. They want to make the film trilogy that they never had the chance to finish. And I under- I understand this. Stargate SG-1 is my favorite show ever. But I see where he's coming from. Like, if I, if I wrote something and then someone else, for some reason, if I lost the rights and someone else picked it up and ran with it and got really popular, I would still be happy that something I thought of got so big or went so long as Stargate SG-1 went for 10 seasons. But at the same time, I would still want to finish my vision for it. So I'm excited for this. You know, even if we won't be seeing the addition of Teal'c and Samantha Carter, it could still be really good. And I can't wait. But this one is going to be far, far down the line. I don't even think they've started shooting yet, let alone found the cast. I'm sorry. If you suddenly hear this whirling sound in the background... I live in Santa Cruz County, and it is a really hot day, as in you sit down in your car and you get up and you start to stick to the seat, it's that kind of day. So I brought a fan into the room, I'm hoping the noise reduction tool on Audacity is going to take care of the background noise, but only time will tell. Anyway, let's get on with the movies, yay! This is the week of June 24th, as you may have already heard, and the first movie And my pick of the week is going to be Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, It's been 20 years since the aliens first attacked, and we took that time to prepare, knowing that we had to protect ourselves. And now they're back, and the threat is nothing we could have prepared for. This one looks good. Uh, This one is done by Roland Emmerich, who I mentioned in the news for Stargate. Uh, He returns with Dean Devlin. With some new writers in tow. Most of the old cast is returning. Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, Vivica A. Fox, Brent Spiner, Judd Hirsch. And some old faces aren't returning. But let's talk about actually the new names that are coming along. Micah Monroe from It Follows is in the movie playing the president's daughter. Liam Hemsworth from The Hunger Games series is in it. William Fitchner from Prison Break. Uh, He was also the bank manager in The Dark Knight. You know, the one who says, Do you know who you're stealing from? And then the Joker pulls off his mask and, Oh, ah, it's awesome. And Jesse Usher, uh, he's a relatively new guy. He was in a show called Survivor's Remorse on the Stars Network. And I think that it's worth noting that Will Smith is not returning. Everyone already knows this, but I've heard multiple reasons why. The first reason why is that he just wasn't interested. He had already done After Earth with his son, Jaden Smith, which was a terrible movie, but he was just done. He's had his fill of sci-fi, and he didn't want to do this one. The second was that he requested $50 per sequel, implying that, A, they're doing another sequel, but that is a lot of money, and I don't think any one actor is worth that much. Reason number three is that he wanted a role for Jaden Smith, and a lot of money but no one wanted Jaden in the movie and if that last one was the reason good job on you roland emmerich Jaden smith is terrible and i think i at least hope that hollywood is starting to realize this because i i haven't seen him in much recently i wanted him to get better his early work was crap his middle work was crap and I was thinking he'll get it one day. He'll get it because he's Will Smith. Will Smith's son, right? But no, he he is garbage. He he is a garbage actor. The best thing about him are his insane tweets, and those are hilarious. If you haven't read those, uh, just just Google that. You'll have a great time. Other people not returning are people like Randy Quaid for obvious reasons though it'd be nice to see a statue of of his character in the movie because you know they all owe their lives to him because he figured out how to bring the aliens down some other actors not returning are the actors who played randy quaid's character's kids and also adam baldwin isn't coming back Uh, he played major mitchell you'd also know him from the tv show chuck and he played jane on firefly a role we all hope that he will one day reprise uh, Margaret Collins isn't, or Margaret Collin, not plural, isn't coming back. She played Constance Spano. She was a love for Jeff Goldblum's character. Even though both of their characters survived, they're not returning. Some interesting news about someone else who isn't returning, or two other people, are Dylan, the character of Dylan was recast. Uh, Ross Bag- Bagley played him. You would know Ross from... Oh, why did you call that? The Little Rascals movie. That was it. He was in The Little Rascals. The, the one for our generation, you know, not the black and white one, because unfortunately that actor is no longer with us. And also Patricia Whitmore is not returning, uh, or the actress that played her. I always get these names confused. Okay, Mae Whitman, who, who is a fantastic actress, who played Patricia Whitmore. See why I get that wrong? Do you see that there? All right but she was recast, uh, Ross, okay, Ross Bagley, or Bagley, whatever, said he, he was, uh, or he's not too active in Hollywood anymore, but he said that he wasn't even approached, and Mae Whitman said the same thing, you would know her from Roxy, from Scott Pilgrim, you know, the female ex, and uh, she's also the voice of April O'Neil on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon, She also said she wasn't approached either. Uh, Her friend Anna Kendrick spoke out about this, saying that she believes the reason why May wasn't called back was because she's not typically beautiful. I don't know. I, I, I think May Whitman looks fine. I really want to know why she isn't returning, because she is still really active in Hollywood. But let's move on to other people who aren't returning. The legendary Robert Loja passed on in 2015. He played General William Gray. And James Rebhorn isn't returning. And I just learned this. I didn't know. He passed away in 2014. He played the chief of staff, last name Nimziki if you don't remember him by the name or his uh, his role there was that part when near the end when they're all in the underground bunker and judd hirsch was bringing people around to pray and and he says oh but i'm not jewish and he goes oh nobody's perfect that actually saddened me this that guy was a fantastic character actor he had been in everything and i'm sad i didn't even notice he passed i i think was one of those actors i took for granted just he was always gonna be around, and I think I have to watch a bunch of his movies now, and just to, you know, just to remember a great actor. Apparently, Emmerich and moving on, of course. Apparently, Emric and Devlin had an idea for a sequel earlier, but walked away from the studio due to the studio canceling a different project of theirs. I'm torn on that because I can see their reasoning, like, hey, you. You screwed us over, so we're just going to walk away. We can't trust you. But at the same time, it can also be viewed as them throwing a tantrum. In the end, I will side with Emmerich and Devlin, because I bet you working with studios is a pain in the butt. But let's hope... That this time. 20 years. That all this time they took. Is going to make a better movie. This does look really good. It looks like they just upped the ante from the first one. Because not only has the CG technology progressed. And got to a level that the first one couldn't even come close to. But the fact that it takes place after. Opens up a whole world of possibilities for the story to go. And I think that that could be great. I don't believe this movie is going to be in the middle it's not going to be a meh movie so it's either going to be really good like i just said or it's going to hit the other end of the spectrum and it is going to be a pile of crap one bad sign that i found out about recently is that there's only one press screening and it's on the day of the release like earlier in the morning that usually isn't a good sign because that means that the that the studio is scared And they're like, they don't want the press to write bad reviews and scare people away. They still want people to feel the hype and get dragged in and come into the theaters and watch it. Of course, I may be overthinking this and the internet may be overthinking it because I've read about this in other places too. And hopefully that's the case. All right. All right. Let's move on to the shallows. This one is about a woman who is surfing on a remote beach when she's attacked by a great white shark. She manages to get away, but she can't get to the beach and is instead stuck on a rock with the shark circling her. And she needs to get away, get to the beach, and get help. This movie isn't actually based off any specific event. Uh, The author admits that it's completely made up. And of course, neither did he claim was based on a true story, so that's I think that's something I projected on it. This kind of looks like 24... 24? Uh, 127 Hours and Jaws had a baby. And that could lead to a very interesting movie. My question is, is Blake Lively good enough to hold the movie on her own? True, there will be the atmosphere, there will be the shark and music and all that, but she, for a Bunch of the movie, she's going to be the only one on screen, just like J- Dave, Dave James Franco—not his younger brother—but James Franco was the only one on screen for a very, very nice chunk of hundred and twenty-seven hours. I think he was good enough to hold the hold the movie on his own, but there are people out there who don't. So let's see how it turns out for Blake Lively. Apparently, this movie made the twenty fourteen blacklist—not um, the show, mind you—with James Spader. But the list of most popular unmade movies. So that's something. That means that people actually liked the script, but for some reason or other, it just wasn't made until now. So that one's also coming out. And I bet you more than anything, this movie will not be that packed this weekend just because Independence Day is coming out or it could be the other way around. There'll be a lot of people going, oh, wow, I do want to see Independence Day, but I can wait. Um, Since it's going to be packed, I'm going to go see something else, else, like The Shallows. So when you hit the theaters this weekend, just be prepared. You may be sitting in a crowded theater, or you may be in an empty one. This weekend, more than any other, is going to be a real toss-up. Our next movie is The Free State of Jones, This is based on a true story of Newton Knight, who led a group of rebels against the Confederate Army. This movie looks good, but I'm always wary of Civil War movies, not for any, you know, quality aspect of the movie, but usually just because they're filled with tragedy. And movies like Glory always leave me in a crying heap on the couch. So I tend to like to watch movies like that at home for obvious reasons, so I don't look like a weirdo bringing a box of tissues to a movie theater. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> let's move on and na- not take that joke anywhere else. This movie stars Matthew McConaughey from Interstellar, of course, and Gugu Mbantha Ra. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Gugu is the first name, Mbantha Ra. Well, those two parts are the last name. She was in Concussion. Mayor Shala Ali, who played Boggs in the Hunger Games Mockingjay movies, and Carrie Russell from Felicity. I thought Mbantha Ra was good in Concussion, even though I thought Will Smith was kind of terrible in it. And the others are just are really good actors. Cary Russell has been around for a long time and has done great work. And while I've only seen Ali in two movies, being the Mockingjay movies, he was good. He was much better than a lot of the other actors in it. So cast-wise, this looks like it's going to be a good one. There are two interesting cameos in this movie one is a victoria bynum who is the author of the book called the free state of jones mississippi's longest civil war she apparently plays a nurse in in a scene and another of the or the final interesting cameo is christopher david mcknight who just quite literally is an extra but he is the third great grandchild of newton knight and i thought that I think they should give they should give him a bigger role. You no, know, not not necessarily a, a huge role, but at least uh, give him one line or something. Of course, I don't know that he doesn't have a speaking role. Everything I've read about this, though, just said that he was an extra. If history at all is your thing, or you think this the story behind this movie sounds interesting, there's there's a really good article you should check out by Smithsonian Magazine called "The True Story of the Free State of Jones." Uh, if you want to read it, Google it and check it out. It's uh, it's free to read. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is where I take a break. All right, I'm not really going to take a break. Uh, I'm just going to go get another another drink, but um, and then come right back. But this is going to be the segment in the show that when we do get advertisers or people willing to pay me to talk that, we'll just put a short snippet. Don't worry, I'm not going to flood you with ads. I'm not going to become just a one glorified ad and just talking a little bit about movies. It's just going to be a small spot in the middle. Right now, we're going to use this spot to hype other somewhat nerdy things. So, without further ado, I'll be right back. Imagine on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris, and the cunning critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhat nerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, and we're back. Let's move right along into The Neon Demon. This movie is about a young girl from a small town who wants to become a model. She gets the opportunity of a lifetime, but it could cost her when she's targeted by two older models who want to steal her youth. I've, I've actually seen this movie advertised way more than The Free State of Jones or The Shallows this looks like a fantastic freak show. This one stars Ellie Fanning, who you'd recognize from Super 8, Christina Hendricks from Mad Men, Jenna Maloney, who played Rocket in Sucker Punch, and Keanu Reeves, who is, of course, the voice of the cat from Keanu. This comes from Nicholas Winding Refn, I think I'm saying that right, who brought us Drive and Bronson. This is already considered one of the most controversial films of 2016. It's labeled as a horror thriller, but I'm wondering what kind of horror. Are there any supernatural elements? It has a pretty great Electronica song in it by Julian Winding called The Demon Dance. The soundtrack isn't out yet, but you can already find the song on YouTube. And there's apparently one scene in the movie where everything is done to the beat of that song. Uh, Some of the controversy I mentioned earlier revolves around a scene where one of the actresses was supposed to kiss a corpse, but apparently does a little more than that since i want to keep my podcast family friendly i'll stop it there but let your imaginations run wild with that this one looks really good i'm gonna try to see it so i'm gonna try to see independence day this week i'm gonna try to see the neon demon we'll see if i manage to see both next up is a documentary called breaking the monster it's about the year the band unlocking the truth broke out Unlocking the Truth is a heavy metal band made up of three 13 year old black boys. Well, they were 13 at the time, uh, but now they're a little bit older. But at the time of the filming, they were 13, and this film follows them during their breakout year and how they deal with the fame. Uh, It looks like a good documentary. Something to watch, definitely, but not in theaters. It, It doesn't look like a theater kind of movie. Next up is Wiener Dog. This is a movie about a you guessed it, wiener dog that is passed on from owner to owner and about how that dog changes their messed up lives. This stars Charlie Tayhan from Wayward Pines in Gotham, Danny DeVito from, of course, Batman Returns, and most recently, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Also has Kieran Culkin, who do you recognize as Macaulay Culkin's younger brother, He's been in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as the roommate, and Zosia Mamet, who is in the show Girls. Uh, if this movie came out at any other time, I would consider seeing it in theaters. It looks, it looks like a funny movie. It looks like I would go there and have a great time, but not now. Not right now, which is a shame. Because there's a uh, one or two, there are two other movies I'm going to be talking about that fall in that category of any other time. I might have seen it, but not right now. Not in the middle of blockbuster season. Next up for this week is Hunt for the Wilder People. This is about a rebellious kid who runs away from his foster aunt and uncle's house only to stumble across his foster uncle in the woods. The two go off on a journey while back in Civilization a national manhunt is being started to find them. This one comes from the brilliant mind of writer director Taika Waititi from What We Do in the Shadows. He, if, if you guys haven't seen What We Do in the Shadows, do yourself a favor and watch it because it was hilarious. It's a mockumentary about vampires in New Zealand and how they cope with modern life and it, it was one of my favorite movies in in, a, in the past decade, I would say. This movie stars Sam Neill, of course, Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park, and has Reese Darby and, and Taika Waititi playing smaller roles. Reese Darby, of course, from Flight of the Concords uh, This one looks really funny. I might try and see it. I know I just said that this is going to be one of those movies where any other time I would make time to see it, but I, I kind of want to... Just go sit down in the theater one day, you know, grab one of my friends on a day off, go sit down in the middle of the day, watch this movie, and just have fun. Uh, I definitely won't be able to do a review for it because I won't see it in time because i like like my my reviews to be timely, but maybe a couple weeks down the road. It looks funny. It looks like it's worth some, it looks like it's worth the time. Next up for this week is The Duel. A Texas Ranger is tasked with solving the mystery of a series of grisly murders in the town of Helena. This is a a Western movie that reunites Liam Hemsworth and Woody Harrelson, who also starred in the Hunger Games series together. It also stars Alice Braga from Elysium and I Am Legend. This movie looks like a solid Western that's going to get lost in the blockbuster shuffle. It should have come out earlier or even later in the year. Just not at this time. Um, This movie is definitely worth a watch, but unfortunately I think it's going to go mostly unnoticed just because of when it comes out. Not just because of Independence Day or The Shallows or The Neon Demon or or, um, The Free State of Jones, but just because of everything else that's out right now and everything else that's coming out in the weeks to come. I think it's a shame it's coming out now because it could have been the movie to see it any other time the story feels cliche even as far as westerns go woody harrelson plays a preacher who as it turns out has killed the father of the texas ranger played by liams hemsworth so now he has to get vengeance for the murder of his father westerns are kind of cliche i think that's part of their charm so i'm gonna i'll probably forgive the duel for that it still looks like it's a good action movie i will probably see this just like i've said how many times just in this podcast just not now i I really don't know what decisions go into when a movie is released maybe this had to be the time maybe it couldn't wait any longer or maybe other movies from the same studio were coming out and they don't want to compete with each other. I don't know exactly, but it just seems like a shame that this movie, and Hunt for Wilder People, and Wiener Dog, are all coming out at this time because they're worth a shot. They're worth some time and money to go see. Next is a movie called The Call Up. A group of online gamers are invited to play a virtual reality video game, and the winner walks out with a handsome cash prize. It's not that simple, however, because when you die in the game, you die in real life. Oh, no! Now, the gamers must escape the room they're trapped in, and the game is the only way out. Of course it is. This looks like it's bordering on a sci-fi original movie. Cheesy, vapid, and unoriginal, but without the self-aware quality that a lot of sci-fi original movies have. Sharknado and Megashark vs you know, Ultra Octopus or whatever that movie's called, they know they're bad. Everyone who makes it knows they're bad, and that's the fun. That's why those movies are popular. It looks like that the call-up didn't get that memo. I know it's not actually a sci-fi original, but it looks bad. It looks like if there had just been a little more tongue-in-cheek in in the trailer, that that would have changed the entire tone of it, and I would have looked upon it a little more favorably. I don't even think I would save this movie for a sick day. This stars Chris Obie, who is actually set to play the role of Anubis in the American Gods TV show. If you are not familiar with it, American Gods is a masterpiece written by Neil Gaiman. If you haven't read it, read it. It's a really good book. But enough about books. You're here to listen about movies. So let's move on to The Vigilante Diaries. Or just Vigilante Diaries. I might have added a the. I'm not quite sure on that. My internet's acting up right now, so I can't just can't just Google it. I live in the middle of the woods, and, and we have to rub two ethernet cables together and start a little internet fire. Just to get the internet, I need to upload these. That's true pioneer living right there. Anyway, Vigilante Diaries is the story of the leader of a group of, you guess it again. God, you guys are good. Vigilantes who finds himself the target of the Armenian mob. They now must band together to take out the whole Armenian mob. Uh, This one stars Jason Mewes, who of course is Jay from Jay and Silent Bob, and Quentin Rampage Jackson, who was in the A-Team, and Michael Madsen, who you'd recognize from Reservoir Dogs and Kill Bill. This looks like a much better action movie than The Call-Up, but it still looks bad. It may be worth a watch someday down the line. I just don't know about this one, because I think this one, too, is trying to take itself seriously. And, take okay, a movie taking itself seriously isn't necessarily a bad thing, but when it's a bad movie, sometimes the only thing that can save it is a nod that, yes, we know it's bad. But I could be wrong on this one, but... Get this, the IMDB Synopsis has the words high octane in it. And I hate that. I hate those catchphrases that critics use. And not and not just critics, but but advertising people for these movies. It's a high octane thriller. You'll be on the edge of your seat. No, just sell the movie a different way. Don't don't use don't use keywords like that. We're almost at the thirty minute mark here, so let's get on with the final movie. Called Raman Raghav 2.0. This is about a murderous psychopath who is on a rampage, and his path crosses that of a corrupt, drug addicted cop who has no respect for the law. If you couldn't tell, this is this week's offering from India, and it actually looks really good. The only reason that it didn't make it higher on the list, or that I'm not even going to consider trying to see it, is because it's probably going to be really limited release. Like, this is a film that's only going to go to areas that have significant Indian populations. And that's why every year at the Academy Awards, when they talk about the best foreign film, most of us haven't heard of half of them. Just because they're going to be released in either super indie theaters or in areas of America where that group of people live. And that's kind of a shame because there's a whole world of other movies out there that a lot of people don't even have a chance to see. This looks like the kind of movie that Hollywood would do. If this was made in America, it would probably star people like like Jake Gyllenhaal as the murderer and Ben Foster as a crooked cop, and it would probably be great. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie was noticed by someone in Hollywood and remade. There's a whole bunch of movies out there that are just remakes of foreign films that are that turn out to be really popular and of course some of them are crap the departed was almost a scene for scene remake of a chinese movie called the turtle affairs and also america loves to remake japanese horror movies look at the grudge movies are just a remake of ju-on the ring is a remake of ringu and it goes on like that i'm not trying to say these movies are bad I'm just saying that there are a lot of movies out there where no one has seen the original material. And if you don't want to, if you're not interested in watching a foreign film, that's fine. That's up to you. But I think there are a bunch, are a bunch of people out there who would want to see the original material. So if this turns out to be one of those movies, you know, try and find the original. Try and find the Raman Ragov 2.0 and give it a watch. Well, friends, that's it for the week of June 24th. Thank you very much for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Be sure to check out somewhatnerdy.com. Read all the blogs there. Please give Somewhat Nerdy Radio a listen. Those guys are fantastic. And like I said before, be something I would listen to even if I didn't write for the site. It's a hilarious podcast, and I really wish them the best. So once again, thanks for listening. And remember, even if you have a busy week, try to find a couple hours and catch a flick. This is Billiam with Somewhat Nerdy, signing off.